Hello, and welcome to the Williamsburg Unitarian Universalists. We are a vibrant liberal religious community that treasures diversity, practices justice, and teaches love and respect for everyone. We grow spiritually through worship, shared learning and service, and relationships that go deep. As we say each Sunday, whoever you are, whomever you love, whatever your image of the holy, your presence here is a gift. All are worthy, all are welcome. I'm Nan Hart, your worship associate today, and I am here in the sanctuary. <clears throat> Just why I have a mask on. It is my pleasure to welcome you to the Williamsburg Unitarian Universalist Worship Service. Whether you are participating in person in our sanctuary or online via Zoom, YouTube, audio live stream or podcast, we're glad you're here. If you'd like to follow along with the order of service, I invite you to visit wuu.org to download a copy. If you're visiting today, we offer you a special welcome. On, on Zoom, we invite you to say hi by typing a quick note into the chat. And if you'd like to sign up for our email list, please fill out our online visitor form at wuu.org. The membership book will be open for signing virtually via Zoom today following the service. If you have completed starting point sessions one and two, or are transferring from another UU congregation, or are a young person who has completed the coming of age class, we welcome you to announce your interest in signing when prompted towards the end of service and you will be added to a special breakout group to sign and signify your commitment to WUU. For everyone else, we invite you to join one of our Zoom discussion groups after the service so that we can get to know you. You can choose between staying in the main room to reflect on today's service or accept the invitation to join one of our smaller social groups. And now our opening hymn, Here We Have Gathered, Sadly, we've learned that its composer, Alicia S. Carpenter, died recently. We are grateful for her life and her work. Here we have gathered, gathered side by side, circle of kinship, come and step inside. May all who seek here find a kindly word. May all who speak here feel they have been heard. celebrate days of our lifetime 
women, children, men, infants and sages, sharing what we can, sing now together this our heart's own song. Life has its battles, sorrows, and regret, but in the shadows let us not forget we who now gather know each other's pain. Kindness can heal us as we give, we gain. Sing now in friendship this our heart's own song. Again, welcome. Here at WUU, we are committed to being an anti-racist, anti-oppressive congregation. We work to ensure that all people are treated with dignity, fairness, and equity. In our worship, we celebrate the contributions of people of diverse racial and ethnic backgrounds, genders, and sexual orientations. We are so happy that you have joined us. Whether you have come seeking comfort, encouragement, or inspiration, you belong here, you are seen here, even if we cannot see you physically. Now I invite you to join in saying our welcoming words. Please, as you say these words, speak them to each other and know that we are connected across the distance. The words are pasted into the Zoom chat. Let's say them in unison. Folks on Zoom, we will unmute you so that we can hear each other. Come, 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 where you are, whomever you love, whatever your image is holy, your presence here is welcome. Thank you. The Reverend Kendall Gibbons has said, None of us knows all the answers to the largest questions of our existence. This is a community of doubt, discovery, and unfolding truth. In that spirit, now and again in Unitarian Universalist congregations, we offer what's called a question service, where instead of my delivering a sermon that I've prepared, you have a chance to ask questions of me and also of Austin Peterson, our religious educator, about religion, spirituality, ethics, or really anything you want. And I will do my best to answer as many questions as I can in the moment. So why do we do this? Unitarian Universalism teaches us that truth and wisdom can come from anyone, anywhere, not just from whoever is in the pulpit. And it teaches us that we can find more truth and wisdom by asking questions. I hope whatever answers I can offer today will be helpful. 
but even more, I hope that you will find the deepest answers you seek in your own mind and heart and spirit. So come, let us worship together and question together. The words to light our chalice. If you have a chalice or candle handy nearby, please go ahead and light it now as Susan Fournier lights our chalice here in the sanctuary. Again, we'll unmute you and say the words in unison. We light the chalice for the warmth of love, for the light of truth, for the energy of action, and for the harmony of peace. Peace in our hearts. Good morning. We have some wonderful questions from the kids. Um, one here from Gigi. Gigi asks, are UUs considered Christians? Do Christians consider UUs to be Christians? Why don't UUs have a sacred text? Are there UUs worldwide in other countries? All right, so at this point, I'm gonna hop on and um, I'll, I'll give Gigi's question a whirl first and then I think Austin has some things that she would like to add. So um, thank you, Gigi, wonderful questions. Um, are UUs considered Christians? Well, uh, the, the short version of that, more complicated question than you might think is that um, way, way back, all Unitarians and all Universalists identified as Christian. This is a couple of hundred years ago in this country and, and passed earlier uh, than that in Europe. But in this country, about 200 years ago, uh, pretty much all you use, it, it would be Unitarians and Universalists in those days because we had not merged yet, um, were Christian. They, they strongly um, held the Bible as their sacred text. They looked to Jesus as uh, their primary teacher but over time, um, what happened was, I think we can look back to the time, if you guys have ever read uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson or Henry David Thoreau, who wrote Walden, um, that generation of folks called the Transcendentalists really shook up things in Unitarianism and Universalism. And basically that generation of Transcendentalists basically said, um, the Bible is wonderful, but actually what we really believe is that um, we don't need the Bible to be religious. Religion comes before any text and any teacher. Religion is here in our own heart and in our own conscience. And so they taught that all that we really needed to be religious people was to follow our conscience. And there's a whole lot of stuff that happened after that, but that was really the pivot point that led to more and more Unitarians and Universalists saying, like, I'm not Christian, but nonetheless, I am a religious person. So that's the really, really short version. Um, so I would say these days, we are uh, a faith tradition that welcomes Christians, but is broader than Christianity. We came out of it, but we are not primarily a Christian denomination. And other, like basically Christian groups now would look at us and say, um, you guys, some of you may be Christian, but as a denomination, you are not Christian. Um, so we love to partner with, with other faith groups, but we would not be seen as part of the Christian bunch. Um, 
And yes, uh, one more one more question that Gigi had: Are there UUs worldwide in other countries? Yeah. Excuse me. Yes, there are. Um, Austin's going to talk a little bit more about that. Um, we have Unitarians and Universalists in Romania, in what we uh, in Transylvania, that part of Romania. Um, we have UUs in India and the Philippines, in Uganda and Kenya, in Mexico, South Africa, England, and I'm sure many more places that I am missing. But I want to let Austin take a turn. So I'll stop there and hand it back to Austin. Thank you so much. Thank you. These are such delightful questions. Thank you, Gigi. So um, I would say some Unitarian Universalists are Christians and others are not. Um, there is a special group for Unitarian Universalists um, who, are, who identify as Christians to meet other folks and make new friends. So that's kind of like a subgroup, I'd say. Um, and I so connect to your idea of a Unitarian Universalist sacred text. So for me, our sacred text is the experience of reality here and now. Sure doesn't make it easy to explain to other people quickly though. And did I ever tell you about going to meet other Unitarians in Romania? So I flew into Hungary and um, the, I connected with some Unitarians there. And my experience of their Christianity was embodied in their hospitality. So what do I mean by that? They picked me up and showed me the entire city, um, called their friends and took me into their homes, into their sanctuaries. And instead of going into the Unitarian churches and seeing lots of crosses, what I saw was a welcome table in the very middle where perhaps some denominations might have had an altar. Their altar was that of a table of hospitality um, decorated with flowers and embroidery and other beautiful things. And um, I think that they were probably more Christian than I am, but we had so much in common. The question of that particular belief for me really seemed to melt away community, hospitality, and kindness, those tied us together as Unitarian Universalists. And so from here, we're gonna to move to a question from Luca. And Luca asks this, why after so many years of evolution are humans not better? Why have we not evolved to not be racist, not be biased, and just plain cruel? Why do we still have people saying that the world would be better off with all liberals dead? Why can't we just shake off the ugliness of biases that humans harbor and become better, fairer beings? Whew, quite a question, Mr. Luca. Here, I'll turn it to Reverend Laura. Okay, so hey, Luca, thank you. Um, that's for me, that's kind of, um, it's one of the ultimate questions. I know you're here, Luca. I saw that you just posted in the chat that you have been to a UU service in Oxford, England. That's so cool. I would love to hear more about that sometime. So, but to your question, uh, I hate this question. I hate that we have to ask it because it's such a real thing. I'm going to just tell you really honestly what, what, 
my, it's not an answer, but this is how I struggle with it. I too, I mean, I grew up watching Star Trek, right? Where human beings had evolved into a, a kinder, more compassionate species. And I so, um, I so want that. And it does not seem to be happening. And, you know, I guess truly, I feel like to me, the ultimate question is why did we get made like this? Um, I'm someone who, I don't want to say I believe in God because that's not really the language that makes sense to me, but I am someone who does really strongly connect to the, the idea that there is some, I don't know, consciousness, some kind of energy that is larger than us, that is uh, that, that basically kind of holds everything. And I feel like I want to have all these conversations with that energy, like, why is it so hard? Why did you think it was such a good idea to make people... Um, so messed up basically and and why is there so much struggle and why is it so hard for us to be decent people and um, I really don't know I cannot give you an answer to that question I think that the only thing that makes sense to me about that is knowing that and I've said this before I think I said this the last time we did a question sermon sometimes I feel like we're all it's as if we are all trapped in a video game playing like the first level and at some point, maybe um, we can sort of level up. I actually think that maybe death is kind of a chance to level up. And by which I mean, I, I hope that when we die, um, that we don't stop existing. I, I, I have a hope that maybe that's an opportunity to gain some kind of fuller understanding. And maybe with a shift of perspective, it would somehow make sense in a different way. Um, but right now, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I'm really kind of mad about it. So I think that's part of why I'm a minister is I just need to keep um, wrestling with that question. So that's what I got, Luca. Thank you. Austin, do you wanna, do you wanna offer your take on that? Thank you so much. Our AV team just rocks. So Luca, this is such a good question and I really wish that I had for you an equally good answer. I don't, I can't answer it. Um, how can it be that there's still hatred in the world? How can that be? I, I think some Buddhists would tell you that hatred is their own mistaken perception of reality and that it's that perception that needs to burn away. I don't know how helpful that is though. Why are things this way? I don't know. The only part that I can answer is this. The part that we can control is our own responses and our own actions. So a practice of compassion, deep listening, mindful communication, that can help. Um, and I offer you this from the Dalai Lama, who is one of the people that I turn to when I just don't know. Um, so the Dalai Lama says this, the antidote to hatred in the heart, the source of violence is tolerance. Tolerance is an important virtue of the bodhisattvas, um, enlightened heroes. Um, it enables you to refrain from reacting angrily to the harm inflicted on you by others. You could call this practice inner disarmament in that well-developed tolerance makes you free from the compulsion to counteract. For the same reason, we can also call tolerance the best armor since it protects you from being conquered by hatred itself. 
Thank you so much for your questions. Yeah, seriously, Gigi, Luca, and um, all of you who bring your questions and your thoughts about answers to us every day, it's an incredible gift. And um, I'm just um, delighted to be in partnership with you trying to figure all this stuff out. So thank you. At this time, I'm gonna invite you all to join in a spirit of meditation and reflection and prayer. And I wanna offer some words by my colleague, the Reverend Gretchen Haley. She says, tell me, tell me about a miracle you have seen and the way the divine has spoken to you. If you believe in prayer or God or angels, Tell me if it matters. And what if everything is a miracle? Because it is stunning how life exists at all. How do I get along with my neighbor who does not seem to want me to exist? And what if I don't believe in the inherent worth of everyone after all? Tell me about mercy and kindness and why people hurt each other so much. And if courageous love is enough. There are more questions than answers in this life. And we do not promise in this place a sure certainty, easy solutions, or quick salvation, but only the hard and yet still healing work of wrestling through it together. Learning how to keep these hearts open to truths still being revealed even when they are broken by the work and how to find here seeds of grace and how to keep loving this still beautiful world. And now I invite you to hold with me the joys and the sorrows present in this beloved community, I am going to invite us all to go back to that space of quiet that lives inside you and call on that which is most holy to you in silence and let us be together in that shared silence.
may it be so. Amen and blessed be. At this time, I would invite you to take a moment and think about whether you have a question that you'd like me to speak to a little bit later in the service. If you're on Zoom, I'm gonna just invite you to use the Zoom chat to post your question there. If you're in the sanctuary, you should have an index card handy, um, or perhaps if you don't, just raise your hand and our sanctuary folks can tend to that. Go ahead and sanctuary folks, write down your question and please give it to Katrina Landon. And Nan will be relaying your questions to me from the pulpit. And um, in just a few minutes, I will uh, do my best to respond to as many of your questions as we have time for. And now we'll hear a little music to give you time to think. Thank you.
Each Sunday, we make an offering from the bounty we are blessed to enjoy. We do so in a spirit of generosity and in recognition of our ongoing commitment to serve our world and share our values. If you are joining us for the first time, please feel free to give if you wish, and also know that your presence is gift enough. Our offering today goes to our general operating fund, which supports just about everything we do. If you'd like to give through our website, please visit wuu.org and click on Give Online to WUU. And if you'd like to give by text, please text the dollar amount of your gift to 757-500-0688. I'll repeat it, 757-500-0688 and follow the prompts from there. Or if you prefer to give by check, please mail your check to WUU 3051 Ironbound Road, Williamsburg, Virginia 23185. Thank you so much. Like him. 
Hey, thanks, Dave. That was fantastic. I appreciate that. So it's time for some questions. And thank you so much. It, uh, Zoom folks, again, I'm just going to invite you to drop your questions into the chat um, whenever you're ready. And um, Nan Hart, I'm going to invite you to come back up to the pulpit. I understand that there is a question from the sanctuary. So let's start there. Thank you. All right. We have a question. Oh, not, not ready yet. <laughs> OK. We have a question from Al Sutton. He wants to know, Laura, are we to eventually have a sermon or two on the following topics? The history of UU. Two, trends within the denomination. Three, what brought us to this denomination as individuals? So answer that however you wish. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Al. Thank you, Nan. So um, might we have a sermon on, I think, I think what I heard is the history of Unitarian Universalism. Absolutely. That's something that I try to weave in. Um, I, I rarely do a like, here you go, here's the whole thing in one sermon. But I certainly do try to weave uh, little bits of history in and out. And so I really appreciate that encouragement. Um, I also do occasionally teach a class on UU history. And, and so that's another way to, to do that. Um, trends within the denomination. Absolutely. Um, that's another thing that I try to talk a lot about. We, um, it was last week, I think we had our service kind of recapping the general assembly uh, that happened back in June. That was a national gathering of UUs that we participated in. So that service was very much focused on trends in our denomination. And again, we'll try to kind of weave it in and out. And then also, Al, I think you were wondering about, uh, could, we, could we have something about how individual UUs came to be here? And yeah, you know, um, it's been a while since the, this congregation has a practice of inviting congregants to speak uh, in what we call a from the heart talk. And it strikes me that it's been a little while since we've done uh, some of those. So that's a good reminder that it would be nice to uh, get those going again. And I appreciate that encouragement. So. Um, um, thank you. And just on a sort of meta level, if anybody ever has things that you would love to hear me preach about or explore in worship, please let me know. I love that when people share those ideas with me. So I would be, um, I really would welcome that. So, okay, thank you. Um, I have one question from the Zoom folks over here. Um, one of our folks um, is uh, new to the congregation and notes that they signed the membership book in their previous congregation in another city. And they're wondering, um, do I go ahead and sign the book again here? And so um, let me tend to that. This actually, it's a great timing to ask this question because this is the Sunday, uh, every first Sunday of the month when we welcome people to sign our membership book. And yeah, my answer to that is that yes, we would invite you, even if you're coming from another Unitarian Universalist congregation, we would invite you to sign the book here. And that's because of um, like way back uh, for the, going back a very, very long time. This is another you history moment. Um, due to when, uh, sorry. Okay, so uh, <laughs> when when the earliest religious ancestors of Unitarians came to this 
this land, that was in the, the 1600s, the Puritans and their descendants, they had a system of, of church organization where all the churches were partners, but they also were, um, they, they, they were kind of their own thing. They were independent partners, let's just say. And so their vision was every congregation was self-governing and was its own thing. And then they would voluntarily get together to do things. Um, and that's pretty much what we've inherited. So each congregation today is its own thing. And then we collectively get together as the Unitarian Universalist Association to do stuff. But it's for that reason, going back 400 years, that my answer is, yes, we would invite you to sign the, the membership book here. Um, uh, so hopefully that, that gives you a little snippet of that. And thank you for your question. So let me check back now with Nan Hart. Nan, do we have any other questions from the sanctuary? We're going to go, um, as long as there are questions, we're going to go back and forth between Zoom and sanctuary. So thank you. I'm afraid we don't have any, any more at this time. I'll let you know if something okay. else pops up. Okay. Great. No problem. Tell you what, um, Nan, I'm going to invite you then to, um, I'm going to, I wonder, let's say Katrina Landon. Um, I'm looking at my phone on silent. Katrina, can you text me if any more questions come up from the sanctuary and I will see it that way. Thank you. But we've got some questions here in the zoom chat. So um, let me take, I see a question from Louise and your question, Louise, how do we cope with the invective, abuse, and even physical attacks directed against people, public and private, who support the, continuing, uh, the continued wearing of masks and other precautions. Oh gosh, this is a soul question, isn't it? Um, so, so to summarize, um, for folks who can support mask wearing, how do you deal with the abuse that's coming at you? Um, uh, let me take a moment to think. Um, first of all, I just wanted to um, empathize with everyone who is dealing with that um, and say, um, I hear you. I'm truly sorry that we are facing that kind of thing together. Um, your question isn't about why exactly, but I'll say the way that I cope is... To, to remind myself that every person on the planet right now is going through an enormous trauma, a collective trauma that we're all in the middle of. Um, I've never lived through anything like this pandemic. Um, probably most of us haven't. And so for me, it helps to remind myself that when people are behaving in ways that feel very unkind and even unwise. Um, to me, it helps me to stay in my place of compassion and groundedness to remember that um, what we're dealing with is massive trauma and people react to that in all sorts of different ways. Um, I think in the moment, um, if you are literally like if someone is getting in your face, I, I would just encourage you to be um, very clear about your boundaries uh, to protect yourself, obviously, um, to, you know, if you need to just get out of that situation, I, I would do that. But going forward, I would really um, try to create some space to just tend to whatever emotions um, 
uh, you're feeling, after, you know, get yourself to safety, but whatever you can do to, to tend to your emotions and reach out for support, I would encourage you to do. It's, um, it's very difficult. Um, certainly, this is not the only way that we are feeling polarized as a country. It's all feeling kind of hard right now. Um, and I hope that this community will offer some support in that. So thank you for asking. I'm gonna scroll down the list now and see. Um, let's see, okay. Austin has a question. Um, yeah, Austin is asking, um, can you tell us a little bit about the work that the UUA did to support uh, LGBTQ folks in the 1980s and 90s? Yeah, um, yes. And this is not a super area of expertise for me. Um, I did not become a UU until the early 2000s. So, um, uh, so this is kind. Of, I'll, I'll, I'll. This is all secondhand. But one thing I'm aware of is I did went so so when you become a UU minister, part of the process is you have to do an internship in a congregation. And so um, back in the early 2000s, I did my internship in the Olympia Brown UU Church in Racine, Wisconsin. And at that time, the minister was Tony Larson, Reverend Tony Larson. And he was he had been there for at that time about 30 years. He started with that congregation in the 1970s. Yeah, that's right. He started in the 1970s. He was gay and he was one of the um, earliest ministers that I know uh, to come out as openly gay in his, it, it, you know, just publicly in his congregation, the whole thing. And I think that he, um, that was not 100% easy, but it was a lot easier in a UU community that it might, than it might've been elsewhere. Um, so I think certainly UU congregations were more open and accepting than many, but it's a journey. It's a process, right? Um, and by the way, if you are here on Zoom and you have um, more stories you want to share, please feel free to type that in as a direct message to me or to the group. That's I, I, this, is, this is something that'd be great to explore. Um, I, I'm also thinking back to the time of the AIDS crisis. Um, I know UU congregations um, offered uh, tremendous pastoral support to uh, to folks who are were becoming ill and died. Um, I think of my colleague, the Reverend Kim Crawford Harvey, who was the minister of Arlington Street Church in Boston in those days. I've heard her speak about just funeral after funeral after funeral after funeral. And that was not an easy time, but I know that our congregations really did um, you know, with difficulty rise to the occasion of really meeting people in a pastoral way. And um, I think that's something that we can be proud of. I, th there's a lot more that we can say about um, the dates of various resolutions that were passed. Certainly it's a lot easier now um, to be LGBTQ um, it, than it was even when I started ministry. I think when I started, what we were really just starting to engage with was, trans was transgender folks. And obviously we've come a long way since then. We've got some more work to do, but I think, um, it, you know, it's a journey, but I think we've come a long way. So thanks for that question, Austin. Let's see, I'm gonna look and see what else. Um, 
Oh, Jess O'Brien. Oh, that's not a question. <laughs> but Jess O'Brien is commenting that the outside benches are not meant for long sitting. Yeah, that's probably true. But good for you for experimenting. I just want to say a little shout out to all the folks who are um, experimenting with how we can safely be in community on Sunday mornings. Thank you all. Um, let's see, Dave. Let, let me just check and see. Ah, yeah. Okay. So Dave Wilcox, I think this is going to be maybe the last question. Do we know what percent of you use affiliate with particular spiritual practices or traditions? Um, okay. So here's the thing. I think the answer is yes, we have a good idea, but I would have to Google those statistics. Um, as I recall in this congregation, we do have some fairly recent data about that from when we did a major congregational survey. I think when you guys were getting ready to call a minister who lucky for me turned out to be me. Um, and so to the best of my memory here in our congregation, a lot of folks identified as humanist or atheist or both. Um, a good subset identified as um, having an affinity for Buddhism, um, having an affinity for earth-centered traditions. Um, some people um, coming out of a Christian or Jewish background still um, embracing that to some extent. Um, and many people identifying just as Unitarian Universalist without any hyphen attached. So um, thank you for asking. Um, I do really appreciate serving a congregation where um, wherever you are in your theological journey, it's, it's, it is welcome. Um, you've probably heard this before, but the first time I ever heard it, that someone say this, it really made an impression on me. This is the only denomination where if my belief changes, I don't have to leave my church or my congregation. And that meant a lot to me. And I hope that that will always be true here. So I'm seeing one, one text that I just, all right, Jane is letting me know that Wayne Moyer posted the very first question on Zoom. For some reason I missed that. So I'm gonna just um, scroll to see if I can find that. I may not be able to find it at this moment. Um, okay, let me just, let me give Wayne the final word here. And with many thanks to others who have questions, I'm gonna save the Zoom chat. So um, whatever we don't get to today, I will be saving and uh, holding on to as inspiration for further services. So let's see, Wayne, you just believe with Rousseau that humans are basically good as opposed to those who believe with Hobbes that humans are fundamentally bad and need strong guidance from authority to overcome their nature. Yeah. Reach, Wayne. Thank you. I think that's absolutely right. Um, for, for at least 200 years, Unitarian Universalists have been preaching that um, human nature is full of possibility, and that includes great uh, potential for good, as well as, as we sadly know, potential for evil. And I think what we try to do here is nurture the good. And um, thank you all for being part of that. So this concludes our question time for today, but deep, deep thanks to all of you for bringing your um, really uh, deeply thoughtful and deeply heartfelt questions here. Um, at this time, I'm gonna invite us to close with a song, which is um, in many ways about that spirit of questioning. So thank you, Dave Robbins, over to you.
We laugh, we cry, we live, we die We dance, we sing our song We need to feel there's something here To which we can belong We need to feel the freedom Just to have some time alone But most of all we need close friends We can call our very own And we believe in life And in the strength of love And we have found a need To be together our hearts to give, we have our thoughts to receive, and we believe that sharing is an answer. We seek elusive answers to the questions of this life. We seek to put an end to all the waste of human strife. We search for truth, equality, and blessed peace of mind. And then we come together here to make sense of what we find. And we believe in life and in the strength of love. And we have found a joy being together And in our search for peace Maybe we'll finally see Even to question truly is an answer So wonderful to sing again. Now let us say the words to extinguish the chalice and we invite you to blow out your candle at the same time. We will post the words in the Zoom chat. Again, we'll say them in unison. We extinguish, extinguish this flame, this flame not the light of truth, not not the light of truth, the warmth of community, the community, community, or the fire of commitment. Please, we carry in our hearts until we are together And now, no matter where you are on Zoom, on YouTube, in the sanctuary, listening on audio, I invite you to hold out your hands as a sign of all that connects us wherever we are. The, Mark, the Reverend Mark Morrison Reed reminds us, the religious community is essential for alone our vision is too narrow to see all that must be seen and our strength too limited to do all that must be done. Together, our vision widens and our strength is renewed. So as we go forth, let us give thanks for the questions that expand our vision and for the answers we find in our living that give strength for the journey ahead. So may it be, amen, and blessed be.